Series snippet series, the generous responsible the Saka family in most memory of Joseph Saka. We are last left off speaking about why it's called the Tfila Balachash, the silent Amida, to protect and preserve our dignity and our privacy, which presumes that private, subjective, individual parts of Tfila will be offered. We're not just reading a template, we're not just reading a script, but we are inserting individual needs, requests, personal uh, statements in the Amida itself. If so, why do we move our lips? Maharal taught, because you have to be a medaber. To be a person is to be a medaber, is to be somebody who speaks. I want to just leave off our introduction, maybe tonight, maybe one more night, about kavana. A word about kavana. Amida, we mentioned several times, is the only part of davening that we're actually talking to Hashem. The other parts of davening we're talking about Hashem. We're studying about Hashem. We're preparing for our conversation, our audience with Hashem. And that's why it can be in any posture, and that's why it can be interrupted under certain circumstances. But the Amida, as its name suggests, we stand before Hashem. It's the part where we're talking to Hashem. So it requires an extra level of kavana. And here there's a famous stira contradiction in the Rambam. In the fourth parak of Luchos Tfilah, the Rambam writes, Kavana salev ketzad, what does it mean to have concentration, to have intent? What does it mean to be mindful of what one's saying? It means that if you didn't have kavana during davening, ain't it fila? There's no action. If you do an action without intent, at least you could put a check next to the action. But when you speak without thinking about what you're saying, it's as if you did nothing. If you say you're sorry to someone, and they say, what are you sorry for? You say, I'm sorry, I don't, what did I just say? I don't even remember. I don't know what I'm sorry for. I don't remember saying I'm sorry. You don't consider that a very meaningful, valuable conversation. To speak and for words to be empty because you're not even present while you're saying them, there's no act or ritual that you can say you fulfilled. So the Ramam says, If you're not thinking about what you're saying, what did you even really say? So if a person said the Amida of Yudavind, and you weren't present, you weren't mindful, you weren't concentrating while you said the words, you go back and repeat it. But the Rambam, in Perak Yud of Hilchus Tefillah, the Rambam says the following, If you and you didn't have intent, you repeat it. But if you have Kavana, at least for the opening bracha, again, Avram for the verse bracha, so then, even if your mind wandered, even if you lost Kavana, then you've been Yotza, you don't go back and repeat. So which is it? In Perak Dalit, in the fourth chapter, the Rambam says, you have to have Kavana for the whole thing. If you don't, it's as if you didn't say it. And here in Perak Yud, in the 10th chapter, the Rambam says, minimally you should have Kavana for the opening bracha, and at least if you had Kavana for that, you don't have to go back afterwards. How do we paskin? Like this Rambam. That minimally the first bracha, parenthetically we paskin, somewhat of a sad statement about all of us, we essentially today don't have kavana. So even if a person didn't have kavana, keep going. Why? Mishnabur explains. Because if you go back and say the first bracha, there's nothing to say that you'll have kavana the second time or the third time or the fourth time. So cut your losses. If you didn't have kavana, today essentially we concede that we struggle with kavana and therefore keep going. But the Ramam at least seems to distinguish between the first bracha and the others. It seems to be a contradiction in the Rambam. What is the responsibility or the obligation of Kavana? So Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, Reb Chaim Brisker, and Chidusha Reb Chaim on the Rambam, Perik Talad, addresses this question. And he suggests the following. 
Nira Lomar, the Trey Gavne Kavanas Yesh Betvila. A brusker hakira, Svedinim and Kavana, there are two types of Kavana. Ha'achas the first, Kavana Shapira Shadvarim, Vyasodu Din Kavana. One type of Kavana means, do you know what you said? Do you know what the words mean? Did you listen to sitter snippets? Do you understand them? Do you comprehend them? Can you explain them? Can you translate them? Can you tap into what the words mean? V'shein is, but there's a second, even more basic type of kavana. She'echaven she'u'omeid betfil lefnei Hashem. There's a more basic kavana which says, you don't know what the words mean. You don't know the theme of that bracha. You can't translate. and You don't know exactly what you said, but you know that you're standing in front of Hashem. You know that you have an audience with the Almighty. You know that in that moment your feet are together, you've taken three steps forward, you've transported yourself to another place, and in that moment you are standing in front of the King of Kings. Even if you don't understand the words of the text, the formula, the script that you've just recited before him. Based on this, Reb Chaim says, all of davening requires the minimum that you have to know you're in front of Hashem. If your mind wandered so that even in the middle of the Amidah, you don't know where you are. You don't know why you're there. You don't remember even being in the presence of Hashem. That's when the Ramam says you've not fulfilled davening. One must maintain that basic understanding, that basic awareness, that basic, that basic consciousness, that in that moment I'm before Hashem. I'm not where I was and there's nothing else to do and there's no other place I need to be and there's no one else who can help me. That right now, whether I understand the technical parts of the words I'm saying or not, I know that I'm in front of Hashem. That you need, all of davening. Kavana perish amilam, the understanding of the words, that's what the Ramah was talking about. Minimally, the first bracha. If you don't have it, the first bracha, you're not yotze. Now, what happens to be this is a famous Reb Chaim. Less famous is at the Chazanish, Similam and Aleph. Chazanish writes, Zedover Shiefsher. He disagrees with Reb Chaim. He doesn't understand the entire underlying Chakira, but it's not only the Chazanish. The Rav in Shirun Lezecha Abamori, in the second volume and footnote, footnote 5, in Periklam Ates in footnote 5, he too writes, quotes his Adon Yaviz Keni, Yezeda, Reb Chaim, Chidish Reb Chaim, Shehela Shedin Kavano Lotzeis, Shayach Gamla Tefillah, the notion of Kavano Lotzeis, I don't know the deeper meaning or meaning or understanding or words, but at least I know where I am and what I'm doing, that that is true even for Tefillah, Ach Ein Dvarav Muvanim Li, said the Rav about Yezeda's answer, I don't understand what he was talking about. I don't understand exactly what he means in that distinction between the two. But what we could take away is that Reb Chaim is telling us that minimally, even if it's hard, and we're going to talk about as we go through the Amidah, some suggestions. Chavetz Chaim is a beautiful suggestion. How to try to have Kavana for as much as we can of the Amidah. To take advantage as long as we can of what we're doing. But minimally we should know where we are and why we're there. And even if our mind wanders or we're not focused or we can't translate exactly each and every word and each and every sentence of every bracha to at least maintain a consciousness of where we are and why we're there. And that should be present throughout the entire Amidah.